Hi there, this is Erin Cooney. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Irish Dance Business Owners Podcast. Today I am joined by Sarah Rhodes. Sarah is the director of Rhodes Academy of Irish Dance, and today we're going to be exploring the topic of navigating the journey of becoming an professional Irish dancer, as well as transitioning to starting your own dance school. So Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Erin. Thanks for being here with me, and I'm excited to do this with you. So I am so excited to hear about your journey. For those listening today, if you don't already know, Sarah has toured with Lord of the Dance in Eastern Europe. She's also performed professionally for Bush Gardens for several years, and she performed on Broadway with Michael Flatley prior to opening her own Irish dance school. So I'm just so excited to hear about this story of yours and the journey of starting your own Irish dance school and what it looked like to be a professional Irish dancer. Yeah, my story is very exciting when you think back on it, because a lot of people have got into Irish dance because of watching shows. So that's a similar starting point for my journey. So I started back in 2000. I was 10 years old and went and saw Riverdance Live, but previously I seen it on PBS. So that's got me hooked. And I was like, that's what I want to do. So it was kind of hard to find a local Irish dance school. And I eventually found one about an hour away from my hometown. So my mom was like, You're, if you want to do this, we're going to make this work. So she was driving me eventually like three to four times a week to Virginia Beach when I was in my heyday competing and everything. But yeah, I didn't even know there was competition until I got to the classes and they're like, yeah, well, we're like a competitive dance school. So for you to get into these shows, you're going to have to compete. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I just kind of went with it and did that whole journey of competition. My last Worlds was in 2013 in Boston. And then at that point, I was already professionally dancing at Bush Gardens. So Bush Gardens is a theme park that's local. It's about an hour from where I'm at right now in Williamsburg, Virginia. And they have different European countries. And one of those countries is Ireland. So for the past 20 years, Bush Gardens has featured an Irish dance show in this area. And I was lucky enough to get hired on as a swing substitute dancer in 2010. And so I've been part of that show since then. So I'm on my 11th season with Bush Gardens and just finished another little different kind of a tribute show. And that was finished up in March. So I'm taking a little breath of that. So that was Bush Garden. I eventually auditioned for Lord of the Dance. And that was in 2015. And I had to go to, had to get invited. So I got invited and went to New York. And then every day was like a different kind of callback. So the show. And then after that, it was like, okay, we're going to call you back. We're going to call you back. And there was a lot of people that came from all over. And I was one of like six or seven Americans. So there wasn't that many that were chosen. And we were put on a plane to go to Eastern Europe, like a few weeks later, we did a month over there to kind of give a little practice run, so to speak of the show and learn all the routines on stage. And then They brought us back for Broadway for like seven weeks and we got to dance with Michael Flatley, which is like a dream come true. It was definitely a surreal moment dancing behind him. So like, I remember there was like one formation where I was like in a diagonal and I could see him like in the front and it was just like, this is it. This is my dream come true. And so it was a very fulfilled moment. And I was, I was very proud of myself. A lot of people don't get to 
actually do what they plan and set out to do, especially at a young age. So yeah, I was just happy to do that. And so that was definitely my highlight of my career. And then I've done like come kind of one-off things. I've done Raglan Road down in Disney for a little bit. So that was also fun, different experience because we're not really touring, but I do love performing. That's like, again, something that comes very natural to me. When I did competition, that was kind of my style. Like I performed my steps. So I would get like lovely style and all this kind of comments like that. But then I would get like the flip side, like more attack and all this stuff kind of. So there's pros and cons to having that style, but I definitely am that type of dancer where I enjoyed the, the performing side of that. So I just got the chills <laughs> when you were explaining like you on this stage in Broadway with Michael Flatley in front of you. I just love that, that you had that experience as a child and you just went after it. And even though the competitive track wasn't necessarily the journey you, you thought would get you there, mm-hmm. you know, someone was able to kind of mentor you on that and say, you know, this is kind of maybe the right track. Do you feel like that was the right track then for you? Do you feel like you needed that competitive experience to become a professional? Yes. Well, one, because I didn't know if there was any other way. Like I was just told that was the way to get into these shows, but definitely the competitions taught me like looking back and now that I'm owning my own dance schools, I'm trying to explain this to my students now. It's like, you're learning time management you're learning like the basic core traditions of Irish dance. So like rhythm, musicality, spatial awareness, which is something in the dance professional world you need. So like I was learning it thinking, oh, this is for competition, but then it also helped me in the professional world. And now it's helping me explain it a little bit better on the flip side from a teacher standpoint. But yeah, so like just practicing in general, like I was practicing all these steps all the time for competition and I need that kind of mentality going into these dance shows. So like a lot of the dance shows now they require like for Bush Gardens, for example, they recommend having a world qualification. Now they'll look at your videos and auditions if you're not, but it kind of sets the standard that they're looking for. So if you don't have it, it's not a big deal. Cause like, obviously it's the stage present and the ability but they just know right off the bat that you have the dedication, you have the technique and you have that standard level of dancing. Like you said, it wasn't really the track that I had in mind. I was just like, I'm going to get in the show. What do I have to do? Learn some Irish dance steps and go forward with that. But yeah, it it did pay off in the end with competition stuff. Okay. And then well, how old were you when you kind of completed that Broadway experience? Was that your kind of final uh, Um, full-time position professional? No, because like every year I was going back for Bush Gardens for like a six-month contract. So because of my location where I'm at with Bush Gardens, for the first couple of years associated with Bush, I was kind of like their substitute person because I was so close that I could come in and whatever they need me to. And then I eventually got full-time in between those years. And then, so Lord of the Dance was in between those full-time years. And that was just after the six month contract that Bush. So I was able to do like multiple things in one year because that the Lord of the Dance was like a fall time frame. The 2018 year was the year that I had to make a decision. I had my TC in 2014. I got my um, TCRG. So I had that in my back pocket knowing I might use it. I might not, but I like teaching actually. And again, it was something that came natural. I liked helping people and I like breaking down steps. So I had that also 
along this journey of doing college and professional dancing and having a social life locally and everything. So it was just, I had that as my back pocket as like, this might be used at some point once I was done with my professional career. So then I had a few years and then it was like, 2017, 2018, the school that I was dancing with to that point, it just, I got to a point where I needed to make a decision and I decided to open up my own dance school, which is, I think in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm either going to be with the dance school that I was with, or I'll just be with somebody. Like, I just always kind of had this like vision. I was like going with the flow. I, I could lead, but I also enjoy having the collaborative team effort just because you know being in shows that's kind of what you get used to and whatnot and I I did kind of feel that when I was with the shows I was in at Bush Gardens and you know all these different dancers from UK Australia the US and hearing their stories from growing up in their schools and some of them are TCs themselves so it was nice to kind of have that collaborative idea set and I was like okay I can do a school with somebody and then and things change and things happen and I'm decided to branch off and Rhodes Academy was created in 2018 and two years in now going on year three and juggling a little bit of everything still but definitely the professional side has kind of tapered off my body is definitely feeling it a little bit different than it used to at the beginning of things but if there's any opportunity and I can make it fit into my classes and whatnot I'll definitely try to get that in because professional dancing is only going to last so long and hopefully in the future my family status will change so I, I gotta kind of think about the future stuff too but mm-hmm. yeah it's just if, if it comes I'm doing it <laughs> yeah because you just got married right yes in September I got married so he's been along this journey with me for 10 years too so he knows enough of the dance drama but he kind of stays to the side of things and he knows that if I'm gone for the weekend he doesn't need to talk to me and whatever it's been it's been working out so when you decided to open your own school or transition from being a professional to opening your own school I'd love to hear how you did that because I think you're teaching in three different locations. Is that right? Yeah. So like I said, in 2018, I opened in September. And at that point, I had only one location in Williamsburg, which is where Bush Gardens was. So I was kind of targeting that area like, oh, maybe people will recognize me from the show and want to kind of dance under my name with that. It was definitely not as, as big of a expansion as I thought it would be. But that's okay. Like it, it, it goes with the whole starting up thing. Like nothing's going to be like given to you, if, especially since I was starting from scratch. There weren't any handouts in that sense. So we found this rec center. Actually, I was like kind of like at two places in Williamsburg. It was like a rec center where I was under this rec program. And then there was like a rental kind of situation, same area, but like 10 minutes apart from each other on different days. But the rec center is uh, always a different scenario than the hourly kind of situation. So I did the rec center program for like the September, October, November, December. So for those four months, I kind of did those. And then it just 
didn't really work out just with how the program was set up and communication and whatever. So I kind of fizzled that location out and just kind of moved them over to the hourly area. And luckily a lot of them came back now that I had a whole bunch, but they were willing to drive 10 minutes the other direction. So we got everybody in the hourly place and I really liked that place. And that's also a rec center, but I was able to rent hourly through them. So I was in that one location till the summer of 2019. So after that point, I was getting more transfers inquiry about like, hey, can I transfer to your school? And of course I was like, yes, you know, come and join the school, you know, we're starting off. So the class sizes are going to be, you know, different. It might be more like a private for now. And then we'll hopefully build up this program. So I knew I was trying to expand at different locations. And then I started looking in Virginia Beach And that's where some of the transfer students were coming from. So I was like, it makes sense for me to go over there instead of them coming to me, so to speak. And that's where my dance school was growing up. So I was like, okay, again, maybe, (laughs) maybe some of the people that knew me from that area would, you know, try me out or like knew a friend of a friend that could sign their kids up. So I found a place after a long time searching of, you know, you go down the list of, is it the right floor? Is it the right day? And a lot of the dance studios that are like ballet and jazz, all that kind of stuff, they have their schedule already fit in. So it's really hard for another person to come in on top of their schedule. So it was very hard to kind of squeeze in somewhere where it wasn't a dance studio. So I was looking at rec centers, gyms that had a space for that kind of thing. And then if we did find one, it was like, and they let us in there with the hard shoes and it's, it's a lot it's constantly you know on the search and that's something I'm still searching today is like where's the next spot where would be a growing kind of area because again Waynesburg is the first place but it's I'm kind of in a situation now where the rec center has been closed because of COVID because they're using it as like a school program So I kind of have like this temporary area that's working out for now, but you know, it's a gym. So it's only a certain amount of time I can have in this area and I can't really expand like new students or new classes because I'm kind of combining a lot right now. So I'm always on the search and it's always an ongoing process. That was probably my hardest thing starting with this dance school. I was like, all right, I can teach. I have the qualifications. I can, I enjoy teaching. Like all that's the Irish dance side of things, that was easy. Now I was like, okay, now I have to understand business stuff. I'm like, oh, fun. This is going to be interesting. So yeah, just a lot of driving around the area, trying to find the best situation for me. Cause I'm, I'm kind of in a spot now where I'm not, I was growing up in Newport news, which is kind of like one of the major cities to kind of connect Williamsburg and everything. So now I'm like a little bit further out from all that. And now I have to think of travel time and what makes sense for me. And yeah, just not trying to spread myself out too much (laughs) that I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. And I I think this is really good to share because those that have the Irish dance piece all figured out, you know, maybe they have their credentials or maybe they've danced for so long that they, they just feel ready to teach. 
that you don't have to jump into this huge long-term lease. Have a successful school by renting hourly and just really persevere to try to seek out where that space might be. There's so many spaces. So I love that you're kind of listing all the different places you were considering. Just don't think it has to be a dance studio that you're renting from. As long as you, like you said, as long as you have the floor you're kind of looking for, the space you're looking for, the right location, have your kind of checklists of the Mm -hmm. needs you have. And, and then that way you've been able to reach a lot of different people in different locations and maybe just figure out where there's more interest. Right. Well, yeah, that's great. So I kind of want to go to the professional piece, if you can offer any advice, because most of our listeners are already Irish dance teachers or, or school directors. But if there's an Irish dancer listening that wants to do that professional track, or there's an Irish dance teacher listening who wants to help one of their dancers pursue that professional track, do you have any tips or advice for them? Say they want to eventually tour in one of the shows. Uh, or even do the professional contract like you did something similar to a bush gardens. Okay. So right when I started, there wasn't all this Instagram and it wasn't, it was just kind of like based on your credentials and competition. And you sent it in either a video of like soft shoe, hard shoe, and like a treble reel or some type of show piece that you did with your school or whatnot. And you would send that in and they would usually just email you back and say like either yes, you're in or come to an audition or send something else. It was like one of those three kind of scenarios. Well, now with all this Instagram, people are getting Instagram famous from promoting themselves with all these little TikToks and whatnot. So just how the world is moving in that direction with social media So if you're a new person and you're on Instagram and you're promoting yourself with all of those kind of videos, you can say like, oh, my Instagram handle is this. And then that person can go and look at, and then that can either promote you in that direction if they want you or So that's not like your portfolio now. Yeah. So now it's all visual. It's online. It's for the public. Public can like it. They can share it. So it's like very commercializing yourself from before you even shown the face it's like you're looking at my dancing from the start which is very intimidating I'm not I would I don't know how I would feel if I was in this generation now with dancing it's like I feel like you're just kind of putting yourself out there and hopefully you can ignore the bad judgment and just kind of like dance for you but yeah it's definitely a different time like a lot of like river dance for example does a dance camp and I never did it because I was like part of the last official river dance audition process so that's when they you just send it in and they ask you to come and you audition so like right now the river dance has like a camp situation where you pay a certain amount and you go there and they um kind of teach you the show but it's also like a fun kind of camp feel because you like stay overnight and whatnot and then for the dance i think they've kind of have a similar situation with that camp style or like learning the show over a certain amount of days. But with this COVID situation, everything's kind of on standstill. So I'm not exactly sure what the future is for those kind of shows with auditioning and getting new dancers. But there's been a lot of things on the smaller scale that are being promoted 
it's like all kind of networking a little bit, but I think that's easier nowadays with all the social media. So I just know a lot of my friends are promoting either their own show or like opportunities for the next shows that are coming up. I actually also auditioned for the American Company of Irish Dance and that's based out of Milwaukee. So I would just say stay up on social media. That's going to be the best option for now. And once things start opening back up, I'm sure there'll be more touring opportunities. And it's just right now, it's a little awkward. Like you can get prepared and maybe see what they would like to have as a dancer standard. But yeah, we're just kind of like hovering and seeing in the theater world, like what's happening in entertainment. Because even Bush Gardens right now, like we kind of worked around not having it in our theater that we were in in Ireland. We had to kind of go into a food establishment. So it was like an eating area, but there was a stage there. So we kind of had to work around a little bit of scenarios. And I'm sure every show is kind of in their own unique space and scenario where they're at and dealing with COVID. Okay. And then real quick, before you transition to your tips for starting an Irish dance school, do you remember specifically what types of videos you needed to send in for these auditions? Was it a step or two in hard shoe and a step or two in soft shoe? Or are they looking for more performance skills like arm work or your own choreography? Or what are, what are they really looking for? Do you know? Every every show is different. But for the most part, they want to see, like for Bush Gardens, I believe it's like 48 bars of soft shoe, 48 bars of hard shoe. And then you can include a like a show piece or trouble reel. But like I said, every show is different. So if a certain show has something in it that they're looking for, maybe like, let's just say that there is a show that needed you to do some kind of gymnastics thing or like some type of form of other dance or whatnot. So they might ask you, can you do some lyrical piece or can you move your arms and something like that? So I think it just depends on the show. But if you can kind of show yourself like, I can do this without them asking for it. I think that kind of separates you from other dancers also. So if you know you can do a step with like a slip jig with your hands, put it in there. If you have a piece from your dance school that you are really proud of, of a choreography, put that in. It's like you're showing the best form of yourself in the dance world. Yeah. Okay. That's that's really helpful because I wasn't really sure what some of these shows were looking for. And as a teacher, if there's certain skill sets, we could be teaching these students who have more of a dream to go down that path. So thank you. All right. So as far as starting your own Irish dance school, this is really new on your mind, right? Because you started, was it, did you say three years ago? Yes. I'm going, September will be the third year. So the third year. So I love that we're interviewing you because it's fresh on your mind, (laughs) what you've done over the past three years to create this program. So any top tips for people who haven't started their program yet, or maybe they're in that first year and kind of feeling that that sense of the expectation is different than reality scenario that you're also experiencing and kind of navigating that? I would definitely say you're going to definitely doubt yourself like every time. Everything, there's like a roadblock, so to speak. And you're going to say like, well, I feel like (laughs) me and my mom always joke about, she's definitely been my like supporter because I don't really have a local person that I'm like teaching with or whatnot. So she's been my support system of like listening to me vent or helping me find a place and 
all that kind of fun stuff. And then, so there's always going to be these roadblocks and we always joke about, well, we're going to, we're going to write a book about all the roadblocks that we've come across, all the crazy scenarios that have happened to us. So like all these roadblocks are definitely going to happen, but they could be happening for a reason. Maybe you're not supposed to make the lease happen right away. I would definitely not recommend doing the lease. I haven't ventured into that thought process because I have, I know I need to kind of build my school a little bit more to have that kind of better income, so to speak, monthly. But definitely look at different options. Like I was mentioning before, don't just get stuck in the dance studio mindset of like, I have to rent from a dance studio. You can do churches. We've we've contacted churches. We've contacted rec centers, yoga studios, Pilates studios. Like if you can think of it as a community, like everybody that has their own yoga studio or that has like a church, you know, they are in those same situations starting out. So like if they can help you, they probably will understand like, oh, I'm just trying to, you know, rent hourly. Is there any way we can come in X amount of time? And then usually they kind of want to know more, but like just starting off that conversation is enough. And then maybe they can recommend somebody else that they know. So it's all like a branching concept of just stepping towards the right direction into where you want to go you know, having that mindset of where do I want to go? It doesn't make sense for you to go too far out because one, there might be already another dance school there, but like two, it's like, let's be realistic. Do you want to drive that far out all the time? Cause you have to add that into your travel time. So it's like, you have to pick and choose what's best for you, but you always have to think about the future self. I think just always keeping that mindset there. Anything else you want to share with us today? it's, it's just always going to be a journey. Like just with my dancing career, like there was definitely learning experience. There was definitely things that I wish could have done different and whatnot. So I feel like this teaching is just like another chapter in my dance book. (laughs) So Sarah, this was so fun today. I loved hearing about your story. And I think all of your experiences that you have shared today are going to be so helpful for everyone listening. So thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you so much. I enjoyed myself and I'm glad I could help.